The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show and it's really good to be back with you all and today we've got a really elevated treat coming up. We're going to have Noemi Bates back on the show again. She's a devoted member of the Ethereum Society and has been for more than 20 years. She's an invaluable staff member. She works full-time at our European headquarters, plays many different roles here in London since 2001. So today... She's going to be talking about an extract from the ninth freedom, solar existence. It is little wonder that the ancient scribes who wrote the Bible regarded the sun as God. It is little wonder that even in more ancient times than this, they worship this as a god, a form deep, deep down beneath the slime of man's ignorance. There was a burning, a spark of the divine which burned with the self-same flame as burneth this mighty globe. All the energy that a terrestrial man uses comes from... the many acting as the one. Think twice, O man, before you use this energy wrongly. Know that if you attempt to use this energy wrongly, indeed you are committing a base crime. A very interesting extract from the Ninth Freedom, Solar Existence. The karmic lord, Mars Sector 6, stated quite plainly that we are responsible for the way we use the energy made available to us by the mighty sun. The sun is a living entity, and it is inhabited by advanced beings. Although it sounds quite unbelievable, it is still true. The solar lords blend together 
to form the very radiations of the mighty sun. And as incredible as it may sound, one day we too will be able to inhabit the sun, because it is part of the evolutionary ladder we are all going through as outlined in the Nine Freedoms. I think you'll agree that most people enjoy a hot summer's day, when we can relish in our outdoor pursuits, but how often do we think or even thank the sun for its life-giving energy? I consider myself to be a sun worshipper in more than one sense. I truly enjoy sunbathing, and who doesn't? But I also realize that we are completely dependent on its energies, for without it, none of us could survive. In fact, we are told that we are solidified sunlight. Everything we see around us, even our body, is made up of ten pranas, coming from the mighty sun. Our dependence on the sun was brought home to me quite forcibly. When I experienced a sun eclipse some years ago, it was a glorious sunny day, I was standing outside, feeling quite excited, waiting for the moment to arrive. It only lasted a minute or so when the moon obscured the earth's view of the sun. Everything went dark and cold. A slight breeze in the air also made the whole atmosphere quite eerie. The birds started singing in panicked confusion and the dogs were barking, I suppose out of fear. In that moment, I literally froze and thought to myself, Oh my God, we have no chance whatsoever of survival without the sun. The whole experience was so tangible, I will never forget it. And it's a good reminder for me too, to appreciate what we are given in life. So when Mars Sector 6 says in the Ninth Freedom, it is little wonder that the scribes who wrote the Bible regarded the sun as God. They were right. It shines always 24 hours a day, radiating forth its energy. But we should also be mindful of the fact that this energy is freely given to us, allowing every living being on this planet to go through varied and vital experiences so that they can advance. We have a duty to use this precious energy wisely. To quote Mars Sector 6 once again, Know that if you attempt to use this energy wrongly, you are committing a base crime. The Nine Freedoms wisely outlines the ways in which we can use this energy, and there are many. But service to others, without a doubt, should be at the top of our list. Beautiful thoughts there expressed by Noemi. Thank you very much, Noemi. What do you think yourself about that, Darren? Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, we need to be um, <laughs> shaken to realize some of these truths which are so um, important to us and to our, you know, to our own evolution, to our own enlightenment. And uh, I think she, yeah, I think she relayed a great experience of, you know, a moment in which that happened for her. Yes, and it's very interesting, you know, that um, the ancients uh, in the Bible and the Hindu scripts, that was the zenith. I mean, the 12 blessings has, has mm. gone further. Um, the supreme lords of karma in some form must have been known about as being a living being. 
The galaxy was not known about before the 12 blessings as being one living being. Uh, mm. But the sun was, and you can see, I mean, the uh, the name of God in, in, in some Hebrew writings as I am that I am also bears out this, this point there made by Mars Sector 6 that deep, deep down beneath the slime of man's ignorance there was a burning spark of the divine which burned with the self-same flame as burneth the mighty globe. So there's that mm. awareness too which was in those early scripts. Then the New Testament you've got in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Well, of course, that's the word that's emitted by the sun. So it was known. And you have these brief, that extraordinary interval uh, in, in Egypt in which Akhenaten, the, 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 you know, the pharaoh, introduced mm-hmm. worship of the sun throughout his reign. And then as soon as he was gone, they reverted back to their relatively, relatively petty gods compared to the sun again. Uh, it, it's a vital, vital and very logical. It's ironic, isn't it, that some of the uh, missionaries who went out uh, tried to stamp out worship of the sun when really it's a far, yeah. far more advanced practice than anything they were bringing. Yeah, we, we, we tend to look back sometimes or even, you know, with the hubris of certain cultures, look at others and think they're sort of backwards um, because of these things that seem so alien to us. But in reality, it's uh, it was an extremely advanced thought um, and practice for them to have. Yes. And, and one that probably helped to improve the karma of those people being able to recognize, number one, um, the sun as a living being, but then also to actually um, worship it in that way, to recognize that in their in their culture as well. Good point, good point. Now, Darren Ball, there you're listening to, our producer, and every time he comes up with one of your comments, which we really appreciate, or your questions. Uh, So, Darren, what have you got for us today? Yeah, i got a good question, actually, I think, about um, kind of an everyday experience that probably a lot of people have had who are on the path. Before we get to that, though, I'd like to uh, invite you, if you're tuning in for the first time, to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, and about Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And if you do have a a comment or a question like the one I'm about to read, um, do share it with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So, Richard, this one goes as follows. It says, it seems that no matter what I've been doing, I'm still affected by others' energies and energy fields, and sometimes this is extremely draining and unpleasant. I would normally avoid these situations, but since I do work and I've not become a full-blown renunciate, it is basically impossible to avoid. Discernment is growing within me, and knowing who to and who not to speak to is helpful. But do you have any advice for me on how to handle or better process these situations? I think uh, most people are not conscious of these energy exchanges, but some most definitely are, and their behavior is predatory, in my opinion. What can be done to be better guarded and prepared for this? With my current job, it may be difficult to to just go and meditate or or center myself somewhere whenever this happens. In the meantime, however, I will continue to have a kind and loving attitude and disposition. But if you have any recommendations to help me in this area, I would appreciate them. I think it's a great question, that Darren, Um, because you know I've I've taught, as you know, many developing psychics over the years, especially a decade or so ago, and I, I I remember you know one of them was wary of visiting a hospital because they were picking up all these vibrations as they walked to visit the person they came Mm. to see and so you've got to and I always say this in psychic development you've got to learn to switch it on and switch it off that's why the spiritual practices contained in realize your inner potential in my opinion are the finest you'll ever come across because they 
give you basic control. It might be a bit slower in the early stages. Now, you may not be someone who's at in, you know, intent on developing psychic abilities, by the way. You might be someone who's intent on healing, on praying, and you're becoming more sensitized. And as you do so, you will pick up everywhere you go. You'll pick up the vibrations there, and sometimes you'll start to pick up vibrations that were put into an old building a long time ago. It's happened to me. Uh, it can be an extremely upsetting experience. I remember staying in a a former monastery, mm. uh, which was was a hotel in Italy by the time I stayed there. But it was very sad uh, because there were monks there from the past who didn't like it being a hotel. And actually, it almost oh. could, could have ruined my holiday. And I, because I sympath <laughs> actually sympathized with them in a way, mm. although they shouldn't have been there. Obviously, they should move on. But the... Yeah, so you've got to learn to switch on. I recommend the practice in Realize Your Inner Potential, uh, the breathing exercises, uh, basic detachment. Don't desensitize yourself, though. Don't give up because of this. Uh, but but just uh, one little thing, though. Well, it's not a little thing. One very big thing you can do is a practice called the Violet Flame Practice. You'll find this. Uh, that will help to transmute those energies. There are many other things you can do, but basically... It's vital to learn in all forms of development to be able to switch on and off, especially now, because these are the days, as the master of theory has said, of service amid the clatter. It's no longer, this is why they went off to the Himalayas and the remote forests and got away from the vibrations of humanity to, to develop themselves. But that's not on now. We have to be here among people and we have to do it among people. So it's a yogic approach. It's control, self-control, and focusing on, on what it is that you are doing at a particular time and really deciding mentally, uh, I am not here to at this point to pick up vibrations. I'll pick them up when I choose to pick them up. It's not easy. It's something you can learn to do, but it's extremely advantageous. So I think that was a very good question. I obviously could talk at more length about it, but uh, it's something you'll find the answers to in that book, Realize Your Inner Potential, which brings us to the end. And one transmuting protective practice, by the way, the greatest practice we can do, as Noemi said there in her extract, is to serve others. That of itself will bring a certain protection and a certain control because service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. <laughs> 